0: thoughts. I'm your host, Miranda Schroeder. Today we are talking about how I am accidentally sober. I say accidentally because I never really set out to become sober, as in I do not drink alcohol anymore. And I honestly looked back and had no idea like how long I've actually not been drinking alcohol. It's been way longer than I realized. I've had a couple drinks here and there since i kind of quit consuming it on a regular basis but we can talk about that more i wanted to talk about this right now because a lot of people do dry january i think three years ago i tried to do dry january i made it like 15 or 16 days and then i had a drink and so much has changed since that attempt at doing dry january just in my life, inside of me. Just everything has changed since then. So that's why I wanted to talk about it now. I know a lot of people experiment with sober living in January. I'm 99% sure my brother was going to try to do dry January, but he's on a vacation in Key West, or was. um, And I highly doubt he made it through that vacation without drinking. If you are just accustomed and used to drinking, especially in social situations, you can't just go cold turkey. I feel that starting with my history with alcohol is a good place to start this episode. Um, I was raised around alcohol. My parents drank, they had parties, the neighbors would come over to have a beer. Like, it wasn't this weird taboo thing. My parents were pretty open with us about alcohol. I wasn't raised in a really strict environment where it was like, oh my gosh, never touch a drink to your lips. And looking back, that was a good thing for me. I feel like some of my friends that were never exposed to alcohol at all before they went off to college, when they did get to college, it was just like, Total binge, like diving off a cliff. Like they just, it was all new and they just needed to like explore and soak it all in. Where I kind of felt comfortable around alcohol when I went to college. However, I was a party girl in college. Man, I drank a lot. Um, I did college in, or my, I I should say my undergraduate. I did my undergraduate degree in three years. So my third year was technically my junior and senior year, and I was in a sorority. <laughs> if you didn't know that, now you know. Uh, and I got in trouble for drinking basically like a jungle juice um, on our roof of the sorority house. And I was also um, the recruitment chair. I believe I did get in trouble for having pledges over to pre pregame in my sorority room. Like I would just bring in all the pledges and like open up my mini fridge and be like, let's take shots before we go to the parties. That is how I recruited people. Once I graduated and moved out on my own, alcohol became like a way, I didn't realize this then. Okay. This is me now as a sober person looking back on how and why I drink alcohol Obviously, college is like there's just everybody's drinking. So there's like so much peer pressure and that's how you feel like you fit in. But I will say that still applies today as a grown adult, almost 30 year old woman. But going back to kind of that time when I graduated my with my undergraduate degree, moved into my own apartment, was kind of on my own, working my first job. Mind you, I graduated undergrad when I was 20 years old, so I could not legally drink But here I am with my own apartment, paying my own bills with a full-time job, and I'm 20 years old and cannot legally drink. I didn't turn 21 until I had been working full-time in a marketing role for like six months, I think, something like that. I remember (laughs) my colleagues one day were all going to go out to lunch, and I like we walked up to the door of the restaurant and they asked for IDs once we sat down and I had to show mine and I was 20 and they kicked us out. Okay. This was a work. This was a working lunch. Like our office was going out to lunch, but Indiana has these weird liquor laws that if, you know, like food isn't served, separated spaces, something, something, you can't be in there if you're under 21. So my entire, so embarrassing, my entire office had to get up out of their seats and we had to go to a different restaurant so that I could eat with the people in the office. When I did turn 21, we rented a limo, went bar hopping all around the city and I literally passed out on the floor of the limo and had to be like carried up to our bedroom. Great times. Looking back, I'm like, how was that fun? But I guess it was. But when I look back, kind of on that time and like forward after after that, when I had started my career, it was really stressful. I was under a lot of stress. I was working full time. I went back to school to get my MBA and being me, I decided I was going to do that full time on top of working full time. And not only that, but I convinced my then boyfriend to also buy a bungalow that we were going to renovate and live in. So much so that we lived there without electricity for, like, a week. No kitchen for, like, three months, like, doing dishes in the bathtub. Plus, the relationship was extremely turbulent. He had an addiction to drugs and alcohol, And so it was a very, very stressful time. And I think that's how it like creeps in. You get off of work. You've got to study. It's like, okay, I'll just pour myself one glass of wine. And then next thing you know, you're just repeating that pattern day after day after day. And then one glass of wine becomes two and then three. And the next thing you know, you're studying and drinking a whole bottle. It just, it happens so fast. And our culture normalizes alcohol and drinking so much. It's just a Social norm here, as it is in many parts of the world, Um, but I think the pressure cooker we're under causes, like especially in the U.S., just the way we prioritize work over life, puts even more pressure on the drinking for the wrong reasons. Whereas in other parts of the world, they're drinking purely for enjoyment, and we'll we'll talk about that maybe a little bit more. And I just want to say I'm not an expert on this. This is just my I'm just sharing my lived experience. I am by no means qualified to be giving advice on addiction or sober living. This is just my lived experience. Flash forward to today or closer to today. The biggest reason that I started cutting back on drinking was I realized a correlation between drinking and migraines. Um, I have headaches all the time and I also have chronic migraines and it was becoming very obvious that no matter what kind of alcohol I consumed, it could be beer, wine, any type of spirit, I would get a migraine and I need prescription medication is the only thing that will relieve the pain from that migraine and that has was getting really stressful. I was having to take tons of that medication, which is not exactly what it's how it's meant to be used. And my migraines, when I would get them, if I didn't take the prescription medication, they would last for three days, like three days of just pain and agony. If you've ever had a migraine, you know. And if you're thinking, I don't know if I've ever had a migraine, then you haven't because they can literally ruin your life to the point where when you have one, you cannot function And when you have to stare at computer screens or talk on the phone or meet with people for a living, it just makes life very, very hard. So for the past three or four years, I've really been trying to figure out migraine triggers and what I can do to lessen the number of chronic migraines I have. I also just started a different medication and I'm hoping that's going to help too, but it was very obvious that the alcohol was causing it. So I just slowly stopped drinking. Like I would maybe, I I just completely quit drinking at home. And I will say being pregnant helped tremendously because obviously you don't drink for nine months. And then once I had my daughter, it became a lot easier to not drink because you're just used to not drinking. When I had her, like three days later, we went and got a margarita. I can't even make that up. I was, margaritas are my weakness. But then every time I would drink after I had my daughter, it was like a massive hangover, a terrible headache. And I just started questioning, is this worth it? Like, why am I even drinking if it's making me absolutely miserable? So at that point, I started questioning, like, why do I drink? And I think that can be a really uncomfortable activity if we want to be honest with ourselves. Why do we drink? And I think a lot of my drinking was out of stress, out of anxiety, out of fear that people weren't going to like me. I'm in uncomfortable situations, so I need liquid courage to socialize and make it through. It was ugly when I started peeling back the layers, thinking about why I drank. And then there was definitely a shift. It went from drinking for all of those reasons to drinking because I was enjoying what I was drinking. Like I was indulging in a wonderful meal with a delicious wine pairing or a beautiful cocktail that someone put so much time into making and I'm enjoying the smell of it and the presentation of it and the taste And that was a huge shift, okay? That took a lot of push, a lot of digging, a lot of uncovering things that I didn't want to admit to myself about why I drank alcohol. But once I got to a place where I was purely drinking out of enjoyment and to experience that drink, whatever it might have been, it was so much easier to become sober, because all I had to do was shift from if I'm having this drink to enjoy it, I can have another kind of drink that tastes just as good, the presentation is just as wonderful, and it doesn't have to have alcohol in it. But I think it would have been impossible to go from I'm drinking because of my insecurities and my stress to I'm drinking a mocktail because it tastes good. Like there was there was so much that had to happen between those to places in my life. At that point, I would call I would call my approach to alcohol experiential sobriety. Like I was just trying it out to see what it would be like, and the less I drank, the easier it became to not drink in the future. Like every time I said no to an alcoholic drink, it became so much easier to say no to the next one that was offered to me, and I became better and better at saying no thank you to alcohol in different social situations. When I was thinking about what I wanted to say on this episode, I really would say I've only been quote-unquote sober-ish. I call it sober-ish because I've had a couple drinks here and there the last two or three months, but then I thought back and no, I went on a wonderful trip to Traverse City this past summer with my mom. And if you are familiar with Traverse City, it is wine country. I guess you call it that. It's known for all of its wineries. There's literally a winery every every single half a mile. There is a winery in Traverse City. And if it's not a winery, it's a restaurant serving beer, wine, and spirits, I went on that trip with my mom and I told her like, hey, I'm not, you know, prior to going on the trip, I said, hey, like, I'm not really drinking right now. And she was like, oh, do you want to cancel the trip? Like, even though we were going to wineries, I could still go and have a wonderful time. And I think people don't realize that because they've never done it themselves. Like they've never gone to a place that you go to to taste wine and not drink wine. And I had the most delicious mocktail on that trip, and I had my mom try it, and she was like, wow, so good. So thinking back, I've been experimenting with sobriety since the summer, so eh, like six months. I've drank a handful of times since then, and just recently, I've decided that I just don't want to drink because, like I said, the more you say no, the easier it is to say no. And there's a whole piece of awareness about being sober that I've had to learn, like navigating other people's reactions through this whole experience has been really strange. And you just realize how much drinking is ingrained in our culture. And like, as soon as I stopped drinking, everyone was like, oh my gosh, are you pregnant? I'm like, no, I can go to an event and not drink and not be pregnant. But That's not a common thing, especially when all your family, all your friends are used to you participating in having alcoholic beverages. Like 4th of July, for example, my whole family, we rented out uh, a beach house on Lake Michigan and part of the weekend's activities were hosting a cocktail competition. So every couple or every family that was attending the trip made a cocktail for everyone, like did the presentation, explained the cocktail and served it to everyone. And then at the end of the trip, we voted. Like that is how much my family likes to drink. We crafted an entire cocktail competition for our 4th of July trip. And thinking back, I think a couple months before that, my dad had us do like a blind beer tasting at my parents' house. He like made all these little beer samples, and then you had to drink them. And guess what beer they were? If, if that doesn't tell you how much my family enjoys drinking and beer and alcohol, I don't know what does. But I will say, once I started not drinking in groups, whether it was with my family or with our friends, and someone would offer me a drink, and I'd just say, "Hey, no, thank you. Like, I'm I'm not drinking tonight." Eventually. It just became known and accepted that I don't really drink. And now it's not a thing at all. There was just a big push to create awareness with my close group of friends and family that I'm I'm no longer drinking and people will often ask me why like I'll they'll offer me a drink I'll say no thank you they're like oh yeah like why why are you not drinking like especially when they found out I'm not pregnant I really default to like oh it gives me a headache and that's kind of where I am on my journey like I just reply and say oh it gives me a headache so I don't drink anymore but I think I'm starting to move Past that point where that's not even the reason I'm not drinking because I drank for for eight years and got headaches afterwards and that didn't stop me so why is it stopping me now I think I've started to just step into who I am and I don't care what other people think and this is how I want to live a healthier lifestyle so that's the reason I don't drink anymore. I'm trying to live a healthier, happier lifestyle. And there's so many benefits you get from not drinking. I mean, obviously for me, headaches, but like better sleep. You're not putting all those toxins, toxins into your body, like putting that pressure on your liver that your liver has to filter all of that out. Like the dehydration it causes, it's life-changing. However, it's been an adjustment because like I said, I love cocktails. I love wine, but I love it in a situation where I want to like savor it, enjoy it. I want it to be an experience. And so that's where mocktails have come in for me. I've been experimenting with like alcohol-free spirits Andrew and I got to attend a mocktail competition downtown Indianapolis that was super fun. It was an event put on by a sober, sober living group, which, what the heck? Who knew there was such a thing? I had no idea that I could find other groups of people to socialize with that also don't drink. Like, that was shocking to me. They put on this mocktail competition... We went, they had um, a certain brand of uh, alcohol-free spirits. So we got to try a bunch of different cocktails with the alcohol-free spirit. We have since bought some. And I've also been experimenting with lots of alcohol-removed wines. I'm a big bubbly drinker. And there are some really good um, alcohol-removed champagne-type drinks. And I've also found a really good spritz. That I love that just comes in a can. So it's super easy to take to a BYOB party. The other thing that's super cool is that a lot of the restaurants are now offering craft mocktails where that was not a thing like two years ago. When I was pregnant and I would go to a bar and ask for a mocktail, they would literally dump a can of pineapple juice in my cup and I would want to vomit everywhere. Like, no, you can do better than this. Like, a mocktail is not a can of pineapple juice. I don't know why that was a thing, but every single restaurant I went to would serve me a cup of pineapple juice you can do better. And now a lot of restaurants are doing better. I will literally go online and look at the menu and see if they have mocktails on their menu. Because if they do, they've actually spent time into making them, testing them, tasting them, and they're usually really dang good. So I love that. I love that restaurants are being more inclusive for non-drink. An Acquaintance actually messaged me the other day because I do share about this here and there on Instagram, and said there's an alcohol-free, I don't even know what you would call it. I guess it's a store. Like typically you would go to like a big liquor store and you could get any beer, wine, or spirit that you wanted. But this specific store sells non-alcoholic beverages or spirits, I guess you could call them, that don't have alcohol. And that's amazing. Can't wait to go there lots of experimenting to do, lots of different brands to try. And I think once you find a couple mocktails or a couple alcohol-removed wines that you really like, it becomes so much easier to not drink because you can enjoy a beverage that you love without any of the terrible side effects. And you also feel more included in like a social setting. I never drink soda. So now if we go out and places don't have good mocktails or we're at just a legitimate bar. I just order a Sprite. Sometimes I order like a Sprite with a splash of grenadine and a cherry. So yes, I'm like a five-year-old drinking Shirley Temple's. The one time though, I was at a wedding and the bar was closed and everyone was getting served dinner. And I just wanted a, like a Shirley Temple to drink with my dinner and I went up there. The lady made me a dirty Shirley. She was annoyed with me and I was, she was like, the bar is close. I was like, I literally just want a Sprite. Like, I don't, I don't know why that's a big deal. But then I realized she made me a dirty Shirley and she put vodka in my Shirley Temple and I wanted <laughs> to vomit. I took one drink because I was not expecting that. And also that would never be something I would drink if I was drinking alcohol. I and much more of like a bourbon or a whiskey kind of girl. Having just a go-to non-alcoholic drink that makes me feel like I'm having a drink with my friends when I'm out and about, also super helpful. As I go into the new year, I'm going to call myself sober. I don't think I'm going to drink at all. It's like every time I have had one drink here or there, like maybe I go a month and I haven't drank, I have one drink when we're having a party with our friends, I get a headache and then I regret it, and I'm like, why am I even drinking? Period. So, this is the new, new age, new era for coming up with some really yummy, non alcoholic alternatives that have beautiful presentation and also taste delicious. Uh, we went to Orlando, Florida a few weeks ago with our friends. Last minute, I booked this ridiculously expensive restaurant. It was owned by a Michelin star chef. Had no idea when I booked it. It just looked really good. And they had these insanely cool mocktails on their menu. If you want to see one, actually, I think I have a video that has two different mocktails they had in them. Like one was in a legitimate glass B. Like the cup was shaped like a B. It had like dehydrated hairs as the wings, so freaking cool. And then the other one was like a garden. Like it looked like a caterpillar in a garden and it had dry ice and they came to your table, poured a liquid on the dry ice and it like smoked and foamed and it was all scented with like I can't remember, like eucalyptus or something else. So it felt like it smelled like you were in a spa and it was it was a whole thing. It was a show. And these were like $25 mocktails. I'm not even kidding you, but it was amazing. And the restaurant's whole like focus and spin was that it was a, a wellness restaurant. That was a really cool experience in my soberish journey. Like I'm like, if places like this exist, I can be sober. I just hope something cool like that comes to Indianapolis. That would be amazing. That'd be my go-to spot. That's my my journey uh, as I head into a sober year, and I think a key part of the success I've had in not drinking anymore has been not putting any pressure on myself. Like I allow myself to say yes or no to a drink. Still, I'm not gonna be like I'm stone cold sober. Absolutely not. No, no, no. Like even though that's the direction I'm going and probably where I will be, I I don't want to set those parameters around myself because I feel like. When you do that, all you want to do is break them. Like when you create rules, you want to break them. So no rules, just trying to live a happy, healthy lifestyle. And if you're interested in, you know, trying some non-alcoholic drinks or becoming a little soberish and you have questions, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. I'd love to chat with you about it. All right. That's all I got for you today if you're doing dry january i hope this is helpful and if you want to take dry january even farther maybe it's even more helpful all right catch you later